nope i'm over it i'm over it i was kind of happy to see tito get laid out like that though he's just like (laughs) such an arrogant cockbag and like the fact that like he was excuse me um (laughs) oh yes welcome to the pretty meat podcast the mma podcast that respects your distance Yeah. Yeah. How you be? I'd be good, my friend. I uh oh. I I've been better. I've oh, been no. I've been far worse, but I've been far better. I'll have to enlighten okay. you with the worst first. The first okay. I nearly died just before the episode. That's yes. terrible. Yes. There was a <laughs> I was walking. I'm in the garage gym, as you can see. Mm-hmm. And uh, for the listeners at home, setting the mood, there's a the laundry room goes from the main house area, and then in laundry room, garage. You know, it's a mudroom. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've noticed over the past several days doing laundry that upon occasion, I thought I would feel a spider web. Mm. Uh, just walking through the room, just like, huh, weird, like you're outside. And yeah. uh, walking out here with my equipment, I was I was like, wow, I did not turn the light on, so it was dark. <laughs> and I walk out, and I come out, and I'm like, whoa, that was a lot of spider web. Okay, this is, there's definitely a spider that's found his realm. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of web. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> And I come out, dude. I I go in and I turn the laundry room light on. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, okay, nothing. But in the lower left corner of the door frame is a grass spider, a Texas grass spider, which was about uh the body was the length of my thumb about half the width and then its legs you know they were big tarantula sub tarantula size uh so are you afraid of spiders (laughs) i'm not a fan of spiders um i murdered it i killed this spider um it is a non-venomous spider and it i also learned that its teeth are too small to even pierce human skin so if it had bit me i wouldn't have even known it had bit me It wouldn't have been able to pierce your skin because your skin is made of adamantium in reference to the spider. Yeah, or unobtainium in reference to Avatar. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Even more obscure reference. 
<laughs> I like for those of you Avatar heads. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> Vibranium was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, did you? I mean, do I have to say more than Killmonger is a hero for saving Tony Stark, or what? <laughs> Such a hero, man! Wow. Yeah. What a great episode of What If. <laughs> thoughts uh yes they've been on a, a, a run of dark dark themes yeah dark right. themes trying to get uh trying to murder tony stark as much as possible in this first season and they've <laughs> done it to glorious effect yeah they saved him in afghanistan and then just we're gonna go ahead and stab you uh with the dora melange spear that was pretty intense it was kind of like they took parts of uh, Iron Man 2, like the the AI bots. They're like, we're just going to spin this. Mm-hmm. And now the Americans are the bad people. And obviously, Killmonger has his own uh, motives. But yeah, it was... Uh... And that made sense, though, too, because S.H.I.E.L.D. had in- been infiltrated by HYDRA. So in a mm-hmm. sense, America becoming the next hydra was what was happening anyway it just kind of expedited it in a sort of different weird sense and it might yeah, have and it was like wakanda led by killmonger's black panther against hydra yeah but also like you have the the subtext of killmonger's just trying to restore mm-hmm. his brother's well, bring war upon the rest of the world to a certain extent, right? Because he anybody that had oppressed other people, which essentially is most of the rest of the world. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I was uh, I was intrigued at the end of the episode too with uh, with uh, Potts and I can't think of her name to save my life right now. Uh, basically, to Charles forces. Yeah, his sister. Fuck. Uh, Akoye. Akoye. No. no, that's his bodyguard. No, that was uh, the general, General Akoye. Uh, his sister's name is much cuter. It's like Tiri or Tiri or something. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah, great with names. <laughs> you know, I just figured since Dom isn't here and he doesn't care, I I've been enjoying it. The zombie episode. Anyway. Uh, oh man. Yeah. Which begs the question, right? We were talking about that. So uh, they break it down. It was very cool, like uh, playing on uh, Spider-Man sort of. uh, The way he is in the last few movies as portrayed by, um, what's his face? British McGee. Tom Holland, yeah. Tom Holland, uh, playing on his uh, whimsical nature where he's sort of like giving a recap of this is what happened and this is how we survive long sleeves right uh destroy the head makes me think of uh Shaun of the dead <laughs> by, by destroying the brain or removing the head but then there were a few quite a few of them that they didn't do that and then there were some that they just went like way over the top which was awesome mm-hmm. uh sharon carter basically exploding her from the inside that was pretty epic uh and then Okoye, right name this time. Uh what she did to Falcon. 
just just <laughs> yeah cleaved him from head to toe just oh brutal yeah i uh you know i watching zombies specifically it's it's awkward because you because you open the disney plus app like can the disney plus yeah. app just have like a fucking adult mode like because they have enough content that caters to easily like 30 plus sure so like i mean we're about we're about to do a ufc podcast and espn hosts the ufc like we're basically going from one disney product to another disney product or at least a disney distributed product mm-hmm. and uh i really don't want to see like my like <laughs> i can't even think of anything like toddlers watch but like when it's on new to Disney Plus, they don't give a shit who you are. Like you no, have like, to know that Paw Patrol is new, you know, Paw Patrol. And then because you watched every Star Wars and every Marvel, everything, that's all there is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate it. Anyway, there's my rant. So that spider thing was the yeah. uh, the not so good. The good, you he probably did. already know. Look at this shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> That's a pretty sweet shirt. Yeah. It's a <laughs> it's a picture of Raymond Peter Longo. Because <laughs> you have to the use back, his full name. Of course, is the yep. uh the full logo for uh the Anakin Florian podcast, which I highly recommend. <laughs> which we will shamelessly plug on our own podcast. Please yeah. go ahead and listen if you're looking for some up-to-date and in-depth MMA <laughs> MMA analysis. Yeah. And hey, you can even, if you want to, uh, this is the Pretty Neat Podcast, which could be the, the Pretty Neat MMA Podcast about MMA podcasts, <laughs> where we talk about <laughs> MMA and the MMA podcasts about them. Because I also suggest uh, Mortal uh, Morning Combat as well. It's, uh, I agree. Yeah, I morning combat they three times a week right oh, consistent can't can't beat it can't beat it and i am a big fan of luke thomas's music choice i gotta say very uh very leaning in heavy to the extreme death metal mm-hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know i'm not i've never really been a fan of cannibal corpse or uh uh dying fetus but yeah. whatever yeah how was the coheed show it was fantastic here's a here's a a fun fact that will also make you feel uh feel old (laughs) if i have to say so um uh claudio right live performances for coheed they don't really talk very often uh which is great right they're just like we're gonna give you the songs we're giving back to back we're gonna jam out we can give you everything we got, but don't expect us to talk to you because we don't like to do that. Uh, but, you know, there's always a little bit of a segue in between one song. He's talking about, of course, you know, the pandemic and having to cancel a bunch of shows. And he said, you know, I've had a lot of time to think about things and reflect, which we all have <laughs> as we're isolating. And he, he, he said something that made me feel, that made me feel old. And he said that next year, 2022, would be the 20th anniversary of Kogan and Cambria as a band. And I was like, God damn. 
I remember when Second Stage Turnblade came out. And I was like, I was in high school. Oh my God, I almost graduated high school 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, you, yeah, that's a moment. I've, I've had similar things. I mean, we're the same age virtually. And uh, yeah. I gotta Relative. say, yeah, I gotta say that the, I remember listening to Second Stage Turbine played my sophomore year of college, my freshman year of college, which would have been 2003, right? So, yeah, right after that came out. I, and I was not really into that type of music. I, I was still listening to my Mars Volta uh, at the drive-in. At the drive-in really is kind of what led me to Coheed, you know, uh, getting into the higher pitch range vocals uh was really a thing it really did become a thing for me when uh you were ascending yeah you, you were know, ascending in the pitch <laughs> it was a uh, it was a dude on my floor my freshman year of college in the dorm uh was in the acapella group uh at iu called straight no chaser and he was a fucking great singer and he used to sing on our floor just like randomly you just hear him singing and uh he had a pretty pretty high high range like you do when you're an acapella group. I, I, I would assume you're prone to just outbursts of singing uh, randomly. You, you'd have a great bass, though, if you were in an acapella group. You would. Oh, no, no. no. You don't no, think no, so? No, I don't think so. You don't this think is you my have... to- This is my talking voice. My singing voice is, is, <laughs> is not good. I, it sounds sensual it's right not, now. <laughs> not, it's not good. Maybe I could do some spoken word, but I definitely don't think I could sing. <laughs> I could, I, uh, I could, I could, I could try to do some spoken word for sure. I, I want to make sure that this shares. Why doesn't it let me do optimize for video? That's freaking dumb. Anyway, we're just gonna go with it. Uh, All right. Damn, man. What about you? You doing good? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Um, there wasn't much UFC stuff, so we're just kind of... Yeah, I mean, it's random, right? Oh, I did see that uh, both uh, Joseph Benavides announced his retirement and uh, Carlos Condit. Did you see that? I didn't hear about Carlos Condit, but Joe, Joe Ben, good for him. Uh, yeah. I hope it's what he wanted. He had a great career. Jeez. I mean, should have been a champ, but. Should have, could have, would have. Should have, could have, would have. Carlos Condit was. Tell was me. a champ. Yeah. Interim, was it not? But that's a champ. Still a champ's champ, right? Yeah. Who did he lose it to? GSP took it back from him, right? I think so. Either so. that or Lawler. I don't know. I don't know. This isn't the show where we isolate and evaluate. We do that sometime, but most of the time we just speculate and masturbate. Let's be real. <laughs> this is an instant reaction. <laughs> this is an instant reaction podcast. This is not a, a prepared, in-depth analysis <laughs> podcast. <laughs> no, we're just homies chatting it up, you know? Oh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's the news that I got out. You know, obviously everybody's been talking about. Uh, yeah, we got. Well, I, which I don't want. I don't want to talk about it really. But the, you know, the the transgender fighter and all the speculation behind that. 
What organization? Uh, Combate Sports uh, M- MMA Combate. That's a Brazilian organization. Organization, huh. I believe. Yeah. I but have yeah, no. I mean, it's like whatever. I have no thoughts on the matter. I'm genuinely quite the side, quite the type of person who. If you are of sound mind and judgment and you sign a piece of paper that says you're willing to do something, go for it. If, if Jojo, if, if, uh, <laughs> if Joanna Alphabet wanted to fight in Ganu and they just had beef with one another over uh, fighting over something love triangle perhaps with dom and uh they have to fight over dom clearly yeah so one i would be fine with it i don't care no no commission would ever license that it would have to be an it would have to be an exhibition we're talking this is like triller level nonsense here (laughs) <laughs> yeah oh this is above triller but don't go that low i mean we're talking at least two trained fighters fighting each other <laughs> yeah okay all right i'll grant you that they're both professional athletes they're both professionals in this sport but one out one outweighs the other by 150 pounds <laughs> and it's double the wingspan <laughs> oh I'd pay to watch it. Okay, that that's a uh, uh, you had you had done a, a super duper handicapper before, and it was how many? I think it was how it, many uh, um, Demetrius Johnsons, or no, how many John Dotsons would it take? John Dotson. <laughs> so, how many Joanna Yanjechicks would it take to beat Francis Ngannou? I think the over under is like six right <laughs> i would say maybe four i'd go with four? four so just you know coming from all angles i, I, I mean, don't we're really gonna have to oh shit that wouldn't even that would only be one for each limb fuck uh yeah you're right six <laughs> You'd so need six. we're, we're gonna each. throw we're gonna throw one on each limb and then one just gonna body and head by spy- spider monkey the torso while we have the sixth one that's just teeing off with some muay thai sidekicks to the dome okay sounds about right (laughs) oh my gosh uh that'd be the shoanna young jake jack i'd watch it (laughs) polish power times six oh excuse me i uh rarely believe it or not drank a little bit Oh. Oh yeah. What did you uh what did you have as your drink of choice? I had some triple distilled Jameson Reserve. Oh. That my dad left here. I had it with some Mexican Coca-Cola. Okay. Uh, because it tastes I mean it's the only regular Coke that I like to drink. The, the Mexican one with the real uh, sugar in it. It has real sugar. Okay, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. I don't drink soda, um, but I've heard that the Mexican Coca-Cola has actual sugar in it, as opposed to whatever American Coca-Cola puts in it. Yeah, so I like it, especially with alcohol. It just blends with sugar so much better. 
because alcohol you can add really i mean any sugary drink and it's amazing so through a little i did have a sip of that root <laughs> i didn't just mix in like really good whiskey with coke uh, <laughs> i learned to stop doing that about 10 years ago you know um but it's still a great chaser for feeling good and being crisp uh feeling good dude uh we won't talk about the transgender fighter because I don't particularly mind, you know, but yeah, we do have to talk a little bit about the garbage uh, boxing that did, did you watch the trailer event or did you watch highlights? Highlights. Highlights only. I didn't, I didn't uh, care to, obviously I didn't, I definitely didn't care to pay for it, but I also didn't care enough to even like look for a stream of it. <laughs> I just waited for your text, like, oh my God, this is a shit show. <laughs> like, okay, yes, we know, but what happened? <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing your analysis of the highlights from a sportsmanship level will be more in depth than mine would be. But I also did witness the entire event, so I could okay. clarify things and provide okay. uh, an, a first hand account. Um, but I have a feeling our opinions are probably pretty in alignment. So first I'll just say, uh, what did you think about Anderson Silva and Tito Ortiz? Uh, dude, I mean, I was, I was definitely way more interested in watching that than, uh, Vitor and Evander. Um, but if I'm being totally honest, I think that Anderson probably did himself a disservice by, uh, dismantling tito the way he did he did in short order and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about anderson having somewhat of a second resurgence in boxing but more in like this niche category of fighting other i guess so far he's fought other washed athletes so Mm -hmm. chavez jr now tito ortiz but a lot of speculation about him fighting one of the Paul brothers, but he just, he looked too good, right? He, he has, <laughs> he's got a shitload of talent, but the problem is that uh, so far, Jake Paul has been picking guys that have not really looked superb in stand-up fighting, right? Ben Askren, not known for throwing punches. Tyron Woodley, known for having incredible power, but not known for being a super technical stand-up fighter. And then I don't even remember who he fought before that. It had to have been like a... Was that Nate Robinson? Yes. Not a fighter. Not a fighter. Basketball so and then Ander- <laughs> Yeah, not a fighter. Basketball player. So then Anderson Silva goes out and goes, you know what? Uh, I'd like to try boxing. I'll fight Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Okay. We know that uh, Chavez Jr. is not committed to boxing or staying in relatively good shape. And he proved that by just getting beat by somebody who doesn't box. And that was a guy who formerly won a title. So, one, okay, point proven. Two, we're going to fight Tito Ortiz, which 
Uh, I've never thought of Tito Ortiz as a stand-up fighter. He was the guy who took you down and had really good ground and pound and really good cardio. So yeah. I thought at the most, like, he'll, uh, he'll play with him a little bit. He'll jab him up. Um, but I didn't expect him to knock him out cold <laughs> in round one, uh, which was... That was kind of a surprise. Also yeah. not. For well, you, you, would ex- you would expect, okay, yeah, he could do that. At any yeah. point, he's so good. He has so much more length than him. Uh, he's educated in terms of keeping distance. His mobility is far better than Tito. Um, and he uh, but clearly I just, I just, trained boxing a lot in his mix-ups, like with everything else. Like he slips punches better than anybody else, probably next to Max Holloway and Cody Garbrandt. Like, yeah, in the history yeah, of the- mad slippers, fuck. Mad slippers. He's got some crazy slippers. <laughs> um, slipper dippers. Uh, Pick up your mad slippers now at prettyneatpodcast.com. <laughs> your Anderson mad slippers uh, coming in multiple sizes and colors. Available now. Uh, you're right. And that's one of the things they talked about. A lot of, a lot of uh, commentators have, have made note that his footwork, which is totally different when you're just talking about boxing, in short, a short amount of time is actually pretty good in yeah. comparison to other people that do this 100% of the time for a living and have done it for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed. And he's what? He's 46? Six? Yeah, 47. I would, I would, I'm, I would entertain the thought of a, of a future Jake Paul fight um, only because. I think Jake Paul would lose that fight. I think he would probably get knocked out in that fight. Um, but that if he was going to win a fight and prove himself and really transcend entertainer to athlete, like that might be the one thing that could do it. Even though athlete would still be hard to say since he hasn't been doing it his whole life or anything. You know? Sure. Plus, um, uh, I don't think he would ever do it. Right. He, he probably not. to his to his credit, he's very strategic in picking his opponents because for him, uh, the upside seems to be not nearly as big as the downside. Uh, what I mean is the upside of saying I bought like I fought and beat a credentialed or well-respected fighter. Um great. You know, this is what you're trying to do. Okay, cool. As opposed to, I got knocked out by somebody, let's say Anderson Silva, for example, who wasn't even a professional boxer for the majority of his professional career. He was a MMA fighter or any, before that he was a Muay Thai fighter, not a professional boxer. And I got knocked out by this guy who, Oh, by the way, is 20 years older than me. And has had three professional fights and Jake Paul has now had three professional fights. So I think in that regard, he's far more strategic and he'll probably be, be way more selective in picking who he's going to fight next, which don't know who that's going to be if I'm being totally honest. There's been a lot more talk about Anderson Silva boxing Vitor Belfort, which I would be interested in seeing. Uh, would too. Maybe with some 
maybe with some drug testing. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe with some drug testing. I don't know unless they're they're both going to get on the on the on the saucy sauce. You know what? Yes, well, if they both are, because then it's at least still competitive and yeah. entertaining. And they're, they're going to look better. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, they really <laughs> will. It would be slow old guys fighting. Like. <laughs> Non TRT Vitor is uh, is definitely a little disappointing when you've seen the alternative in terms of like looking at what he can what he can look like physically. But I, I think that would be that would be an interesting fight. Um, definitely never Evander Holyfield again, though. Oh geez, geez, that man. <laughs> mm. Initial reactions. Did you watch? Did you watch the entire fight or just highlights? Just highlights. Okay. Since I watched it from start to finish, which it was fast, obviously, is, and <laughs> first round, Vander Holyfield TKO, just not answering any fucking thing Vitor was throwing at all. Uh, but the thing that was really upsetting, besides the fact that it just shouldn't have been happening in the first place, when he slipped and fell through the ropes the first time because he whiffed a punch it was the guy fell over in the ring yeah i mean that's a that's a really bad sign for a professional boxer when he misses a punch because his footwork and his balance is so bad to fall through the ropes yeah we have a problem yeah and then, and then, just to watch him get beat up after that, it I it could have been stopped sooner. Even though they were talking about it being possibly early, no, they, no, um, it was kind of hard to watch. It was a little bit interesting though, seeing Belford look better in in uh, than he had in like his last two post Usada UFC fights. <laughs> Yeah, like, clear, <laughs> clear, clear caveat there. Post Usada fights, <laughs> and it, it's true. Um, I was also shocked at the fact that uh, he didn't decide to to like rev up some gamesmanship, or, or you know, at least you know, uh, string it out a little bit more. Same thing, right? But both these people, yeah, you know, Tito to a certain extent, right? Uh, Anderson Silva, Vitor Belfort, right? They're doing this because they are looking for paychecks. And they're not looking for just one paycheck. They want to do it again. Mm-hmm. But who are you going to fight? Like, who is Vitor going to fight? Anderson. Is he going to fight Oscar De, De, La Ho- De La Hoya again? Or, you know, if he, if he decides he's going to try and fight again, maybe they could do that. But everybody's everybody's like quote unquote trying to call out Jake Paul because he's uh he's the people that everybody wants to see get knocked out, right? Yeah. But who, who, you, all- you're not gonna win the sweepstakes if you're knocking people out in one round. <laughs> he's no. not going to say, yeah, let's fight, and I could potentially get knocked out or lose because at that point, once he loses, it's over. They're not going to want it. Nobody's going to want to see it again. We saw it once. Cool. We're happy. We are done. We do not need to see this again. Nope. Nope. I'm over it. 
I'm over it. I was kind of happy to see Tito get laid out like that, though. He's just like <laughs> such an arrogant cockbag. And like <clears throat> the fact that like he was, excuse me, um, there in front of his like idol in Mr. Trump. Oh, my God. I had up. no idea that he was such a Trumper. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. insane. Oh, geez. It was so entertaining. I, that made me so happy. <laughs> so, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do another shameless plug, but uh, yeah, shout out to uh, Morning Combat. Right, we just referenced them earlier. Uh, did you hear? And I heard this from Morning Combat, which is why I'm making reference that Anderson Silva gave up his first class plane ticket on the flight back to LA yeah. to Tito's girlfriend. Because yeah. something happened and she didn't have a first class ticket. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. You can have mine. Oh, to add insult to injury. That's like <laughs> the proverbial salt in the wound. Like, oh, it's okay. Yeah, you can have my first class ticket so you, your girlfriend can sit with you in first class on the way back to LA. I'll sit back in the coach uh, or business class or whatever the case may be. That's, oh my God. Like, that is that is the move right there. And, and Tito had no choice. He had no choice. Yep. I got my ass kicked by this guy. He knocked me the fuck out. And then he just gave my girlfriend his first class ticket. Oh yeah. It's so, I, I want to try and find it. I thought it was on Instagram or Twitter, but nope, I'm not finding it anywhere. Um, yeah. I saw that he had posted like a big old long thank you. Oh, what a great picture. <laughs> Of Tito Ortiz. Like, I'm, I'm kiss, kissing he's, the canvas. He's like smiling on the canvas mm, too. Sleep <laughs> <leave> time. <laughs> oh man, I brought up this. I brought up a. Uh, I brought up a, a Twitter gentleman I follow named Composa, because uh, we're the fanboys of fanboys, and MMA on point is an excellent. Uh, YouTube show which referred me to these folks but they had they find literally every single uh, MMA event happening and there was this knockout last week this fucking guy's leg is twitching so hard (laughs) It's, it's terrifying but also not anything worse than we haven't seen anywhere else sure there it is knew i saved it (laughs) did you see why it was crazy uh leg at the end (laughs) yeah it didn't look like it was bent like in the appropriate way i don't know i mean it was just it was a vicious ground and pound Okay, but it, more so like the Russian commentary. <laughs> yes. Okay. I need to text it to you then. Um, because you need to be able to watch it in full motion. Now, I know you're using your phone, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So you'll watch it later. But uh, man, he gets knocked out. Uh, but he his leg starts twitching because he's out cold and it's like vibrating across the canvas. <laughs> And it was it's it's quite <laughs> funny, but it's also un- terrifying. You're unnerving, like, oh my god, is he dead? <laughs> is that yeah. his death twitch? 
yeah like that was some that's brain damage level stuff just happened oh yeah um oh yeah i mean that's well, that's what russia does <laughs> yeah oh dang uh there's a lot of fights in russia they didn't give a shit about 9-11 pricks <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You don't. Oh. You do. <laughs> uh, uh, apologies to Russia. <laughs> apologies to Russia. Apologies um, to Russia. Uh, so, DZ. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> mine doesn't work. See, LT, like Luke, Luke Thomas, BC, Brian Campbell. Love that. You DZ, that works. I can't be AH. Aaron works, though. Yeah, H dub. <laughs> Aaron. <laughs> I like DZ Aaron and the Dome. <laughs> Sounds like a radio show. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Welcome to DZ Aaron and the Dome every Friday on your Twitverse. Uh, we talk about pretty neat things in MMA, but there's not a lot of MMA right now. So these last couple of episodes have been a bit weird. <laughs> Welcome to the inside of our brains. <laughs> <laughs> All we have this weekend, well, we have Bellator this weekend and we have UFC. Yeah. And the only thing Bellator is, uh, is, uh, yeah, it's Yoel Romero, Phil Davis. Yeah. Phil Davis, which is, you know, what's crazy? Phil Davis is 38. You remember when he was first coming into the UFC? What? I mean, I didn't. Phil Davis is 38. <laughs> you thought you all were married. You're good. I know. Your shit made me feel old. Now that made know. me feel older. 30, 38. <laughs> and Yoel Romero is 44, I believe. 44, I think he 43? is, yeah. Yo, I remember when Phil Davis was at the UFC. Yes. I remember when he left the UFC to go to Bellator after he lost to John Jones, if I recall correctly. He was fighting at light heavyweight at the time, not middleweight yet. Um, yep. And, and maybe, if that's not the case, meh. Uh, but I remember thinking like, man, that kid with the pink shorts, maybe a year or two in Bellator, and he'll be right back in the UFC killing it. Just never came back. Just never came back. And he's been yeah, killing and- it there. Hey, he's still fighting at light heavyweight, though, because this is uh, Yoel Romero is now fighting at 205 in Bellator. How do you feel about him at 205 there? Uh, to be quite honest, I feel like at this stage in his career, right, being over 40, it's probably much easier on his body to continue to make weight if he's going to try and fight with any sort of consistency. Uh, I am concerned about his eye injury, though. I just don't know. I just, you know, eye injuries, I don't think ever really get better. They just will continue to get worse. I don't remember when it was originally injured. I think he originally got injured uh, in the UFC. Because I remember Joe Rogan talking about uh, speaking to a UFC doctor when they were doing some scans of his eye. And they're just making commentary about, like, how everything about him is superhuman. Mm-hmm. Like the apparently the tendons or endings in the back of his eye are like twice as thick as the normal human being because you know he was most likely made in a lab in Cuba. 
<laughs> most likely the cuban crispr uh, crisis you know yeah he's he's uh he's superhuman he's got the world's oh. most amazing traps and uh he's 43 moves like a cat he's a super nice guy and He'll knock you out and and then thank Jesus afterwards. Yeah. Surprisingly well-traveled also. Um, Yeah. He's he's an interesting cat. He's, uh, I I was curious about if he was the favorite. uh, And, you know, I want to bring that back up because I I think he was. He was not. Huh. Yeah, he's a pretty, eh, plus 100. Damn, practically a coin flip. Huh, yeah. Phil Davis is uh, minus 220, in case you're curious. There weren't, like, any other fights on the Bellator card that were of any interest to me. <laughs> well, that's the thing, is Bellator is super top-heavy, right? You mm-hmm. get uh, you get a, a few people, mostly, <laughs> mostly people that used to fight in the UFC, and you're like, yeah, I'd want to watch him fight, because he made a name for himself being competitive in the UFC against awesome competition. And then you watch them fight in the rest of the card. Oh, well, it's whatever. No, there's some probably some competitive fights, but you just don't have as much uh, investment in it because you don't know who the fuck that person is. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they have an advantage in that whoever comes up to fight a champion will always be like the big upset up and coming nobody because <laughs> they're all nobodies or they're like former <laughs> champs from other orgs. Uh huh. So it's like, Two organizations will find out who's better, or can the up-and-comer nobody who's nobody ever heard of defeat the long-reigning champion? Yeah, I don't know, but we're going to find out. Yeah, and I don't know enough names to have enough interest. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, they'll they'll rattle off, you know, they were talking recently about the 135 bantamweight division in Bellator being pretty stacked, and they're rattling off these names, which... As you can tell, I'm not repeating any because I don't even remember them. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Oh, Sergio Pettis. I know who that is. UFC. <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody else, I'm just like, I, I vaguely maybe know of that person. Um, the big thing they were talking about was signing the uh, one FC champ from 135 to Bellator but he's still going to keep his one FC belt. So it sounds like he's going to be fighting in both promotions. Um, And I remember when he fought the first time in Bellator from one FC, it was like a big deal because it was like the first time they did this cross promotional fight and he won. So that could be, that could be interesting if they're going to do another tournament for 135, that could be, that could be interesting, but at the same time, like goes back to my original point. I I really don't know who the hell these people are. I uh, I kind of might. I kind of called that Colorado made the changes right to the MMA uh, rule set, and yes. they'll be the first state in which one FC could legally occur now. So I'm wondering if they're going to maybe do a big big mashup event champ on champ. I I think that sounds fairly logical because be cool. 
one fc is you know it's big in southeast asia but they really don't have a presence here in the states so mm -hmm. why not right take the second and third i guess the second and third most popular mma organization combine yeah. forces to try and be as competitive as possible and as uh as appealing as possible and still you're not going to be as popular as the ufc you know yeah. outside of a couple mega events but yeah, I like it, you know, do whatever you can do to draw my interest. And, you know, and I just said second and third most popular and I had totally forgot about the PFL. I'm sure, would you say PFL is number, number three? No, I would have put it where like, you did. I would have put it number, number four? four because I think really? one, one, because of one's international spread and it's, it's larger impact on the sport overall, I think. It just has bigger names. I could name two or three, like one fighters, pretty fast, even if they're old UFC fighters. Like I couldn't really name a single non-UFC Bellator fighter. <laughs> what about PFL? Or sorry, though? PFL. Like PFL, like uh, Sergio Pettis or Anthony Pettis, right? He was PFL. Yeah. yeah Rory McDonald. PFL. Yeah. Roy McDonald, Kayla and Harrison. Kayla Harrison, Dom's favorite American, of course. Yes. Dom has a lot of favorite Americans. I think he might have a, a an American fetish. Yeah, he's a patriot. <laughs> he is. He is a patriot. Is he's Captain true. America. Yeah. Speaking of, of superheroes, I love Anthony Smith because I believe he is a superhero. Uh, based on, of course, stuff that really happened in his life, saving his family from a burglary and stuff, and fighting off an assailant and shit. Not to mention the fact that he's a great fighter who's only lost to top competition. Um, but the reason I brought up superheroes is because Ryan's fan has a big Superman tattoo, and he has a huge Superman tattoo. Is not from Krypton. Uh, how do you think uh how do you think this fight goes down this is the big ufc main event this weekend which is anthony smith ryan span number six versus number 11 light heavyweight bout i'll look up the odds while you discuss <laughs> yeah so uh so ryan span uh super athletic he's gonna have a physical advantage he's six five he's gonna have a reach advantage if it stays standing he's always going to be a threat to finish the fight even though i think anthony smith is way better with his jab like his last couple of fights he's been way more active with his jab and it's been really impressive anthony smith is also far better on the ground like there's a really big difference when it comes to the grappling advantage mm -hmm. uh because i believe Ryan Spann is only a blue belt in jiu-jitsu, so obviously he's really focusing on just uh, stand-up and striking. Ryan Spann? But Ryan Spann. Yeah, that's true, but he has more wins by submission. Ryan Spann or Anthony Spann? Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann has uh, won 60% by submission, in fact. Interesting. So, But I know that... what you're talking about. I know what you're talking but about lately. That logic, he's he's breaking him down and then 
mm-hmm. probably fighting the back and, and it's most likely type of real rear naked choke right but the most yeah i want to type of submission yeah the reason we're thinking about it is because his last two were ko's was uh sorry uh he ko'd misha Surkov or Surkunov, I, I think is how you say it. That was yeah. in March. Uh, he got knocked out by Johnny Walker, if you recall. Yep. Um, and that was uh, the Woodley Covington card. Uh, and then he uh, won a decision against our boy Sam Alvey. So he actually hasn't won a fight by submission since 2019. Um, even though the majority of his pro wins are by submission, he just he hasn't employed it in the UFC that much, like you were saying. Interesting. Okay. So I was right, coming. Well, I came at it from a stats perspective. You came at it from a responsible tape reviewer perspective. <laughs> well, I'm going to go based on stats because that's, I mean, what you can verify so okay so he has more wins by submission than anthony smith so what does that mean that anthony smith has more wins by knockout and or decision i mean anthony smith has 52 Mm -hmm. professional fights he's got a crap load of fights so obviously he's very active yeah and that brings in a, a discussion of you know how passionate is he still about fighting mm-hmm. when you have that many fights um well, it, it's funny you mentioned that and i'm sorry that this is kind of a weird thing but mike chiesa is taking another fight really fast right yeah and i bring that up because anthony smith and mike chiesa i think are really good commentators yeah, um, I actually really like Anthony Smith's commentating, especially on UFC Tonight. I think he does that occasionally, or um, he does one with uh, Karen Bryant, which, by the way, their podcast, What Had Happened, was her and Angela Overhill is a great po- uh, podcast. Um, yeah. But um, I was thinking about like Anthony Smith, if he really has another title run. And or if he might ring it up and go the commentator route like Paul Felder, and then I was like, "Fuck!" If Kiesa loses again, he might not really have a title run in in a realistic picture. And if he left, would he go to commentating? And because it might be paying them better than if they're fighting. Like I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I mean, that would we would have to find out like how much they're getting paid to commentate. Because ESPN be- would hire them. They would be ESPN employees. Yeah. Not not UFC employees? No. ESPN employees. Okay, yeah. Okay, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, I don't know. We would have to, like, submit a question to but the Believe You Me podcast and ask Michael Bisping how much he gets paid to commentate. <laughs> We're here. Hey, We're going to do dude, it. You're like, question right inquiring minds want to know we're gonna um, i'm gonna do it <laughs> i'm gonna do it from our twitter with no followers too i hope he makes fun of us if he does i'm gonna uh, record it and uh and uh put it on the intro to our podcast oh hell yeah 
But I mean, obviously that's a bad example because Michael Bisping was a UFC champion. So for him fighting, he definitely made all of his money fighting. But I'm sure he he makes a pretty decent amount commentating. But then again, like, you know, I'm just going to argue with myself. He has multiple podcasts that he does. And he also does some... Uh, I don't know if it's journalist work, but, you know, some TV work for BT Sport as well. So I wonder, maybe he's not making that much money. Who the fuck knows? I'm just rambling at this point. Um, <laughs> That's okay. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I don't know. It, it's a, I like the fact that they target, or not necessarily target, but give a greater opportunity to people that are fighting or former fighters to really be uh, in that space as color commentators or providing sort of post-fight analysis because you get a way better perspective as opposed to, you know, who's the guy from first take? Um, uh, not Stephen Smith. Uh, that's Stephen A. Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Is it? Who? Yeah, Stephen A. Smith. Yeah, yeah that's first yeah, take. From, from first take, right? He... Uh, you know, he all he tries to do is have hot takes, not <laughs> not like be thoughtful or or say something that actually <laughs> is insightful. He just wants to be he wants to have fucking hot takes and just blow things out of fucking proportion. And more often than not, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. You know, he's just spouting off goddamn nonsense. And, and you like people that actually watch MMA regularly go like, you're a fucking idiot. Um, so I'm happy that ESPN is focusing more on people that are in the sport, right. That do this every single day and that are passionate about it and can provide insightful analysis to how that fight went down. Um, and yes, some of them can be pretty repetitive and say the same shit. But then you hit on some people that are really good at what they do. Like Michael Bisping is really good at what he does. And he's really good at explaining things to quote unquote the layman who may not know exactly what's happening. And he's able to articulate it in a way that you're like, yeah, that makes sense. And of course you love people with accents. Americans love accents. So when you got this British dude telling you about <laughs> MMA and, and, you know, just having a lot of charm and charisma, uh it's very I, I i love i love listening to him commentate i think he should be he should be bumped up to like more of the pay-per-view type of commentary spots if i'm being totally honest and i think he'll get there i do yeah he'll eventually he'll eventually get there i i do like him more than i definitely like him more than paul felder i i like him more than uh did you say his accent was British? I thought it was Jamaican. <laughs> well, <laughs> he has he is known he is known to do a Jamaican uh, accent or German accent from time to time. <laughs> uh, I was just seeing if somebody would get that. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, we're going we're going deep on that. But uh, yeah, I would love to see him as much as I love uh, uh, DC and like his. He's also just a great personality. His uh, his 
his commentary can be can be up and down <laughs> if I we're being totally honest some, i have right? some issue with his i have some issue with his commentary uh i do and it's for one reason only and it's if he is commentating with laura sanko they have some sort of like i don't know if there's a beef between them or if it's just a perceived beef that i see but he always tries to win at everything and it's clear that she does not put up with shit like that when it's not a game like we're here to do our job not like win at commentating right yeah yeah like i'm not trying to one-up you in the storytelling yeah and i feel that i get that vibe whenever those two are commentating or sharing an exchange during commentary there's always a weird tension where it feels like Laura just has to be more professional than DC, (laughs) which she probably, she is, she has more experience as a commentator and less experience as a fighter. I mean, she has experience as a fighter, obviously, but still dramatically less than DC. 100%. Uh, And she's done multiple roles as well. She's done the in-ring announcing. She's done you know, post-fight interviews. She's now getting a great opportunity to to color commentate uh, on the fights, which is awesome. But but yeah, they're, they're, you you could be onto something. Maybe uh, maybe maybe DC's a misogynist. I they might I, be. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't speculate. know. Speculate. She might be a <laughs> radical sexist feminist. <laughs> Shut up, DC. You don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You know, she I beg, might... I beg to do. <laughs> he might he might come out, he might tell her, yell at her to go in the kitchen, and then she might yell at him to get his ass to work. <laughs> you know? Uh that's funny. Oh. Um Ian Kudalaba is uh the co-main tomorrow. Um, and he's fighting this Devon guy. Ian Kudalaba is so entertaining because of how absolutely way too serious he takes everything if you remember he had he uh they they rolled back his a recent fight of his uh i want to find his uh silly record uh yes with kudalaba with uh uncle alive yes ismail uncle alive remember uh, he like yeah was, they he was they was, he was faking injury yeah <laughs> and they and they stopped it and what it came out was that he was uh he was trying to he was trying to lure him in uh-huh. for a counter but he was so convincing at playing injured that they stopped the fight <laughs> yep yeah also he's the last guy to believe, beat uh, Khalil Roundtree um. But he uh, he gets really violent in there. I, I will say I'm looking forward to at least the excitement of his bout. Um, yeah, I, for a guy who did combat sambo, like you don't really see him wrestle too often. He's just trying to like put your lights out. Yeah, he's uh, he's violent. He's definitely violent of, uh, in terms of uh, the excitement level. I want to close that. <laughs> There's like no like major like bets to make there's there's like and the thing is there's been a lot of fight cancellations lately too so i don't even want to jump at like the really upcoming ones like 
Volkanovsky and Ortega. We got to wait. We have to. Yes. Do you see they announced uh, Moreno uh, Figueredo 3? I am excited December? about that. December 18th. Is that not your birthday? Day, <laughs> wait, day, wait, day, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I don't want to beep it. It's too much work. <laughs> I'm just it's, kidding. <laughs> it's not my it's not my birthday. <laughs> it's near um, it. It's it's it is in the vicinity of my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Well, how do you feel about that gift? (laughs) That birthday gift. (laughs) How do you feel that being your birthday gift (laughs) from the The UFC? (laughs) Oh, from the UFC. I'm I'm very thankful and fortunate that they're going to give me this this uh, (laughs) this trilogy fight and. I look forward to watching it from my couch. And well, perhaps perhaps I will have company. Perhaps I will not. This is true. We shall see. This is in December time. It is. So perfectly reasonable we might be there. Because I think we might be planning on going out there this year. Um, okay. Her family's out there. So that's always nice. nice. Um I don't know we might be living there by then shit's crazy right now uh, but do you know where that fight is going to be is it going to be in Vegas I have no idea my first my first thought was yeah it's going to be in Vegas because it's either I mean okay let's be honest we don't know what the hell is going to happen from month to month in terms of like different types of restrictions but we can count on a, uh, three things right Four things. The Apex Center. Yep. Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they'll all die. I don't know. <laughs> okay, maybe Texas. Or mm-hmm. Fight Fight Island. Right? It's way true. They could always go to Fight Island. However, logistics and the travel and uh, coordination of that. That's that's probably going to be their their last scenario, right? They're probably like, we want to do it in Vegas, makes more sense, but they want to have fans, and and honestly, mm-hmm. this might be the first I, major flyway championship that could like fill an arena, a trilogy between well, these yeah. two. It's oh, so exciting, so exciting, so exciting, because you, Brandon Moreno has gotten so much better. Mm-hmm. from the first fight to the second fight from a draw to a submission and we don't know if he's going to stay on that same trajectory but you also have to imagine that Davison Figueredo who looked phenomenal before that uh, has got this ship on his shoulder and we know what he can do in terms of knockout power at 125 right? Mm-hmm that all it takes is you know an opportunity you know one technical mistake and he can capitalize on that and boom now we're talking about i mean would you run it back again who else are they going to put in there well who knows right because we're going to see we're going to see cody garbrandt 
fight Kaikara France, who is also one of Dom's favorite Americans. Yeah. And who knows, he could just catapult himself yeah. into some title shot. The the interesting thing though is that say Figueredo knocks out Brandon Moreto in the first round or the second round, then it's even. The trilogy is even. It's a draw and two first round finishes from each guy. Oh yeah. So like it would make a quadrilogy a legit quadrilogy. And there's not that does not happen. Like, but there was a draw. This would be a legit quadrilogy, and that would be fucking cool. <laughs> and they'd have I, to say that word. Quadrilogy. Yes. Moreno, Figueredo, quadrilogy. Oh, and listening to them try and say it. Because, like, hearing Figueredo say trilogia. <laughs> quadrilogy. He really tr- struggled with saying trilogy in English. And uh, oh. hearing him say quadrilogy would be a, a rough Oh, one. yeah. Oh, yeah, we're going to take it to the next level. Coming to you in March 2022, the quadrilogy. I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a goal for for this year. That, oh, I am so sorry if that hurt your ears. Um, I'm gonna make it a goal for this year. If that has public tickets to try and get us there. Well, it just depends on where the hell it's gonna be. We're not going to Abu Dhabi. <laughs> no, we're not gonna go to Abu Dhabi. I don't even think I'd go to florida i wouldn't go to texas either and i live here unless it's in austin then i'd be ridiculous because if if they came to austin again when's the last time they were in austin uh cerrone medeiros okay yeah long time fight night not a big one uh i don't think they will the the city won't let them that's why they were in houston last time because austin is too blue um wouldn't there'd be mass mandates and and everything at least in the city yeah yeah so that probably won't happen but i would go to vegas in december yeah i would go to vegas in december be a, be a hanukkah present <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll do some yamaka bamakas eh? <laughs> eh? witness some mayhem <laughs> oh yes Yes, I uh, love the word puns. Yeah, I feel like there's some other ones that could be in there too. Spiteful kikes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Not going there. <laughs> you don't have to. It's all fine. That's all good. Uh, <laughs> I was going to ask you something else, though, too. But shit. Well, regardless, Trump is not Trump is not here to send us off with Dom twenty twenty four. So, <laughs> Dom twenty twenty four. Dom twenty twenty four. Welcome to the Pretty Me Podcast, the MMA podcast that respects your distance. <laughs> <laughs>